Hello everyone and welcome to The Things That Drive Us and on this episode 15 we are talking to Mark David Hatwood. Now Mark Hatwood is the, um, or was rather, the drummer in Mud in 1983 and then after that went on to be in other bands such as the New Seekers. But in 2012 he took over the um, Harbour Gallery in Port Scassin in Cornwall and has since then, since taking over that, has launched a number of online galleries. And um, I've been following the Harbour Gallery and the fantastic artists who are part of it for a number of years. And Mark very kindly um, agreed to talk to us about um, what it's like being a gallery owner and his very interesting take on what it's like to be on the marketing side of art and selling art and his approach to that and his philosophy and ethics behind that. It's very interesting, particularly his um, ideas about how you need to market art these days and particularly market yourself as an artist. So without further ado, Mark David Hatwood. So hello, Mark. Welcome to The Things That Drive Us. So Mark, hi. you hi, you run the Harbour Gallery. I do, in Port Scathlin in Cornwall, that's right. Yes. And um, how, how long have you ran the gallery for? I took over the gallery in 2012. So that's now 11 years ago mm. uh, from my predecessor who who set it up sort of two years previously. He st- well, three years. He started it in 2009 and then had to leave the county. So he mm. sold the whole business to me. Um, and yeah, I, I ran it. I've been running it, running it since then um growing it over the most the fastest growth was in the first five or six years by 500 percent so mm. it was a, a, quite a launch i just basically concentrated on showing work of artists that i loved yeah that was the that was the main sort of crux of it i started and i really didn't know where to start so for mm. six months i did nothing yeah and did the boat and then i realized that actually i had a lot of artists in that i weren't passionate i wasn't passionate about their work yeah and i felt like a second-hand car salesman trying to get excited about selling somebody's work who really i wasn't into yes i understand Uh, and that was my decision then to say right you know what i'm just gonna fill this place with artists and artwork that i absolutely love so it's really easy for me to gush over yeah 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 um and you know if nobody wants to buy it that's fine at least i have fun yes that was was the initial breakthrough idea so did you come from an artistic background i mean what attracted you to running a gallery in the first place well funnily enough that's the strange thing is it it couldn't have been further from my mind running a gallery and actually as it turns out it couldn't have been the most appropriate thing i was ever been given gifted to do Mm. um Yes, I've been in the art store all my life. So when I was a kid, I started to become a drummer. And then I joined several sort of quite well-known bands, Mud, The New Seekers, people like this, and toured mm. with them all over the world. Then became a songwriter myself. So I've always been in the arts. Yeah. And when I moved to Cornwall after the success of my first book and screenplay, um, and I sat there to write, I found myself getting very sort of um, unsatisfied with just sitting around writing and find myself with a bit of writer's block. Um, I then did an environmental campaign 
strangely for about three years, yeah. uh, which sort of went nationwide. And then one day, my mate Tony knocked on my door and said, I've got to leave the county. Do you fancy buying my gallery? And I was like, I couldn't think of a reason to say no. So I said, yes, it was Fair enough. as simple as that. Really, there was no. And I was like a fish out of water. I picked up the keys on the 5th of April in 2012 to the gallery, walked in the doors and just thought to myself, what are you thinking? You yes. Know? No idea at all. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, the rest is history, really. It's gone from that to me, you know, having a best-selling Amazon book on marketing art, on yeah. and, uh, writing for the you know, the uh, artist magazine and having now five five or six galleries, I think. So bizarre, bizarre turn of events. So where are all of your galleries based? Are they all in Cornwall? Or No, I only have one physical gallery, yeah. uh, which is the Harbour Gallery in Port Scatho. But what I decided to do very quickly was I realised that my background or some of my background with technology was in, you know, yeah. websites and wearing with all my music and you know, I also ran the local um, community website for South Central Cornwall as well. So I was quite au fait with websites. And I decided I'm going to concentrate entirely on um, uh, digital promotion and digital work rather than do art fairs and do exhibitions all over the place and all that kind of thing. Right. And I slowly started to grow that. And in 20... I think it was 20, well, 2015, I launched the world's first art resale website called Art Rehome, um, which was enables everybody, you know, any punter who bought a piece of art wanted to sell it on. Yeah. Uh, to upload it onto the website. Unfortunately, it only lasted about six years, that effort. It was just too early for peer to be a buying. There wasn't enough trust uh, in both online buying and buying from somebody who's not a specialist. Yes, so I'm being scammed. Is it by that right thing? When you buy from a gallery online, of course, you you, you realize pretty much you're not going to be scammed. So yes. Um, so there was a difference. So it didn't really, it was a bit of ahead of its time. Mm. But during that time, I suddenly thought there's all these incredible artists that, that, that approach me all the time that I'd love to work with. Yeah. But, I just don't have the platform for it because my physical gallery is only a certain size. Yeah. And I decided that I went out and I bought a domain called BritishContemporary.art. The dot mm. art domains had just come out. Yeah. And I bought the BritishContemporary.art domains and I went back to all of these artists who don't paint Cornwall, who couldn't fit in my gallery, who could whatever else. And I said, Guys, I'm starting this new exclusive online platform called British Contemporary Art. Do you want to get involved? Yeah. I can give you better rates than you would in the gallery because it's digital, so the commitment isn't as big. Yeah. And we launched that in, I think, 2017 or 2018. And very yeah. quickly, we had sales starting to mount up, and I realized what a good idea this was. Uh, so... I then went out and bought all of the world's domains for dot art. So I own American contemporary dot art, Spanish contemporary, French contemporary, European contemporary, whatever contemporary dot art. Yeah. Um, and now I'm slowly starting to launch each domain in each area when there is enough. So we launched American contemporary a couple of years later. Yeah. 
and we launched uh, early this year, I think, or the end of last year, we launched the European Contemporary Art. So mm. we're slowly sort of starting to sort of launch with the t- with my team, slowly launching the sort of world's domains in in art. So that's that's been my main focus. And of course, for me, COVID was just a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because lots of people were. Um, Lots of people were redecorating their homes. Yes. Uh, I was in the digital domain, number one on on Google, just where pretty much anywhere you go. Um, And so, and I was also sending out daily emails to my customers with one painting for 15% off. I see. It's gone type thing. Yeah. Um, And it was a huge success. And, you know, we did, I, I did, a hundred thousand more that year than I did in any previous year. So it was, yes. uh, it was a really good thing for me, COVID. Yeah. And it's just continued to sort of sustain since then, really. Yeah, I see. And how do you select um, the artist for the platform? Is it just, do you have a team that helps you select or is it just who you like and who you it's feel still, That's what's really worked for me is to yeah. say, well, like I originally said when, you know, six months in with my Harbour Gallery, yeah. if I can't really gush about these people, if I can't genuinely say, oh, my God, just look at this incredible painting, you know, it just yeah. makes me buzz with all my senses. Then for me, as as good as an artwork, my, my um, choice of art is not the end or be all. Just yeah. because I don't like it doesn't mean to say it's no good. It just means to say I don't like it. And therefore, I'd really have problems gushing about it and enjoying it, as which I think I do on social media as well as yeah. physically in the gallery. So that is the remit for all of these platforms is do I think this is really exciting, fun, interesting, something that, that buzzes me? Yeah. And do you look for sort of i mean if someone new crops up are you looking for them apart from them exciting you do they have to fit with the sort of feel and the look of the artist you've already got or is that not a concern at all it's just whether you like it or not it's not a huge concern in fact sometimes literally this funnily enough i get approached maybe five or six times a week sometimes more than that in a day um by artists wanting to be on my platform and I turned down a really, really good artist this week because I felt her work was too similar to another artist's work I had. Yes. I just think that's, un- first of all, unfair on that other artist because I'd yeah. be taking away from their sales. And all of us, and sort of pointless, really, because you're not, it's not making a new statement when you take mm-hmm. on an artist that's very similar to somebody else. So the subject matter can be the same. And I, yeah. it never ceases to amaze me how I can have exactly the same image done by five different artists and none of them will look anything like each other. Yes. Uh, but be equally as phenomenal. So for me, if it's different, if it's interesting, if it's got something about it that just works for me, then that is the main thing. So I'm not looking for copycats and I'm not looking for... um necessarily anything too different it just it just has to be something that that piques my interest really and therefore i think might interest somebody else well that makes a lot of sense really because and it, you're right it, and it can be very interesting when you see 
lots of different artists producing Im- similar paintings of the same image and just how different they look. Yeah, um, phenomenally. I mean, especially, you know, my physical gallery in Cornwall, the Harbour Gallery, we really specialise in the Rosalind Peninsula and or Cornwall sort of base paintings. Hmm. There are exceptions, and sometimes Hester Berry does, you know, Devon, and we have that. Um, Penny German, for example, paints still life paintings, so that's different yeah. again. But in the main, the Harbour Gallery really represents artists that paint Cornwall and or the Rosalind Peninsula. And there's only so many images of the Roseland Peninsula you, you've got. Um, yeah. And after 10 years with, you know, up to 650 paintings a year, at some point you're going to do exactly the same image, sometimes by the same artist. Yeah. But there's different seasons, there's different mediums, there's different art styles, there's diff- everything that will make it different. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do, like you say, I get amazed at how, the same image can be done so many incredibly different ways by interpreted by different artists. Yeah, it, it can be um, sort of quite striking, can't it? Um, and then the other interesting thing that I find is that, you know, I find it in the paintings I do myself, but also paintings other people produce, you do an image of something one year and then you come back many years later and you look at it completely differently and it's a different season and, it just but you just produce a sort of different work and that can be quite exciting can't it yeah absolutely i mean robin mason constantly paints for example the um Malonan beach looking back to st anthony which people who know the area will know well mm. it's sort of the view from st moore's across st anthony lighthouse and uh i'll know when he's painted it because the trees will be seasonal yeah. The sparkling of the water will be different. Yeah. Um, so I know that this is a winter painting, this is a spring painting, this is a summer painting. Um, and I I I always find it really interesting too how artists are drawn back to the similar locations. Mm. Uh, Robin Mason is particularly like that. He will go to this tiny country lane all the time and paint it quite often. We always sell the painting. Um, and they're different enough not to be copies. They're, yeah. you know. And they have a different elements, as you say, seasons, feel, uh, the flowers and the, and the background and everything. But there's an artist uh, that I work for with called Jose Salvaggio, who is an Italian artist who lives in France. Mm. And I was so amored with his work that I actually took into the Harbour Gallery French paintings, which is yeah. unheard of, really. And we did OK with them, not fantastically. But he would paint this one and i don't think is it called saint etienne or something it's like an arch it's a bit like king harry rocks in oh yes in, in down in dorset yeah um, but in french in france and i've seen probably 50 paintings of the exact same position yeah and it's just him i think and you'll probably tell me but I, you know i'm not a painter but it's just him seemingly trying to work through the process of trying to find that, you know, painting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. Um, I think different artists have sort of different motivations. For some of them, it's capturing that image or that painting. Uh, for me, it's sort of you're trying to capture the a certain feeling you had, a sort of relationship you had with the site, and the image at the time, yeah. um, and, and what you're painting. And of course, that changes every time. Yes, of course. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, you've got 
a sort of very creative background with drumming and writing and and screenplays and so on do you find then that um selling art is a is also scratch that creative itch or do you have another outlet for that as well uh very much so you know the reason i wrote about well, actually, the reason I this the artist handbook, which is my Amazon best-selling marketing book, the reason it started that was, um, I was asked by Sally Borgen at at um, the Artist Magazine to write a section of articles about marketing, mm. because I think art marketing. If you would have told me this ten years ago, I would have said it's complete and utter nonsense because you know artists, it's art, is art, is everything else. And yeah. that's not the same as business. But actually, if you bring art into business, in other mm. words, the way you you're cr- creative in the way you market, yeah, it it just adds a whole new level. Mm. And what I do say in my book to artists is that you get your personality into the, your social media posts and your your marketing and this and the other and what you'll find is that you people will follow you because of you and that's the one thing that every single person in the world has that is exclusive to them yes is their own personality yeah and if you can find a way to make that shine bring that over or even on social media especially on social media you'll find you'll get huge success from it and people will really warm to you for it so to go back to your question yes for me, marketing is really creative, coming up with new ways of doing it. Yeah. Uh, like I said to you, that when COVID hit, I thought, I can't be now, people can't come into my gallery. I'm not mm. open. What am I going to do? And I suddenly came up with this thought that, you know, sending emails to everybody every single day is an absolute no-no in my book under normal circumstances. Yeah. But these are far from normal circumstances. These are people who love Cornwall, who can't come to Cornwall. These are people who have got nothing to do because they're at home or they're working from home and they're flexible and everything else. Circumstances are very different. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and hit them every single day with one painting for 15% off. I have 30 artists. So there were 30 days in the month. It was perfect. Mm. Um, Every artist got one shot and one day. And... I took the hit on the extra percentage that was that was yeah. being put out to support the artist to keep them buoyant. And so I sent out this. When I came to the end of COVID and I said, now I'm coming to the end of this because we're opening the gallery, the amount of emails I got from people saying, oh, my God, don't stop the artwork, yeah. today, please. Um we used to sit outside the school with the kids before dropping them off and wait for eight o'clock when the when the email would be sent out and we'd all sit and look at what was the painting and talk about it and then the kids would go off to school and well that's a brilliant thing isn't it yeah it became part of their lives yeah you know, i still get people saying when are you going to do your own you know so i do go back to it now in the winter months because of course cornwall closes down for a few months of the year at least yeah and I continue doing that. But obviously, if I did it all year round, it wouldn't, I don't think, become special anymore. So you have That's to, true. you know, you have to be sort of, you have to be a little bit careful. But to go back to your point, marketing and and social media use and doing what I do as a gallerist can be incredibly creative. And I know how artistic people work. And that, yeah. I think, and hope has made me a better gallerist. I know you have to pay them on time. Yeah. 
because if you don't, you you're do, not doing yourself, your business, or them any favors. I know that you have to be fair and open with them. Some of them you've got to push hard, ride them like a bike, because yeah. if you're going to get work out of them, that's the only way to do it. Others, the last thing you should do is ride them because they'll just go into a hole and never come out. Yes. So understanding an artist because I was or am one yeah. I feel made me a much better gallerist. And I think that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. And because what, <laughs> what amazes, I'm sort of still fairly new to the art world and what amazed me. And I think people really appreciate it when they find it is actually how few organizations in the art world are well run and together and do things like pay on time. Um, mm. And oh, so yeah. I it's think my absolute pet hate that is. Yeah. Drives me insane how, 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 a, how small minded the gallerists can be when they don't pay the one thing they're reliant upon, which is the artist. Yes. You know, if they're not supporting the artist. How can they expect the artist to support them? Yeah. Um, and anybody who uses an artist's money to support their business is either not doing their business very well or is very, very stupid and selfish. Yeah. Uh, so it is a real pet hate of mine that when people don't pay people on time or expect 60 days, some ridiculous amounts of time to pay somebody for a painting, you know, there's no real excuse for that in my mind. Well, yeah, and you're right, short-sighted, because as soon as they find a relationship with someone else who doesn't have that dynamic, they're going to leave, aren't they? And go Absolutely. First yeah. chance they get. And um, so, yeah, it, it's really annoying when people are like that and act like that. Uh, it's incredibly selfish, but, you know, it happens. I mean, I was tempted for a while to set up, um, in fact, I set up a Facebook page, I think, called um, GGG, which is the Good Gallery Guide. Oh, nice. So it was an idea to set up, you know, to say that if you want to join the Good Gallery Guide, what you have to do is you have to um, uh, agree to a pledge to a certain commitment. Sort of like Pay a kite mark on. then. Yeah. yeah. Pay people on time to do this, to this, to do this. You know, all the things that, you know, that really bugbears for artists to do, you know, be mm. open, you know, all the things. And just say, you know, free to sign up, you can sign up, but you have to pledge to do that. And if there are any complaints or any reason you can take it away, you can lose your GGG status, you know. Yeah. But then I suddenly realized having experience in other things in life, as you get older, you suddenly realize the quagmire that comes yes. from a artist having a bugbear against their gallery when the gallery might or may have not have done anything wrong yeah, and how are you going to adjudicate that? Who's going to decide? And I suddenly went, "That is just a logistical nightmare," which I just didn't want to get into. Well, exactly. For very little benefit to you, you could end up wading into other people's disputes. Yeah, exactly. And it would I would be full center on, and I just felt that that was unfair. And then I come back to my sort of my spiritual in a sort of spiritual side, which sort of says, "Well." we have to learn this shit in life. We yeah. have to learn who we're trusting, who we're not trusting with our diamonds, with our gold. You know, you yeah, as yeah. artists, you have your your piece of gold there and is who is you going, who are you going to trust that with? And that's nothing that any adjudication can decide. You've got to decide yourself, really. It's part of the business, part of growing up into the business. It is, isn't it? And these sort of relationships of trust are very important. 
And I think going back to what you were saying on social media, that's sort of one thing you want to inspire in your audience, isn't it? Sort of you want to get them to know, like, and trust you. Yes, I think so. And I think my main aim really isn't to get artists or anything else to to come to me. Um, it's very rare that I actually take on an artist that approaches me. I do, but it's rare. Penny German was one of them, for example. And mm. she's an example I use in my book of how to approach galleries. That's another thing that artists do terribly, some people. Yeah, mm. have a look at my page, would you? You know, no links, no images, no nothing, you know. Yeah. No politeness, and sometimes forwarded to about 50 galleries. And you go, what are you expecting with something like this? You yes. Know? An approach like this. So that how to approach a gallery is part of the thing. And Penny wrote a really lovely letter to me saying, you know, all, all the nice things. I was so amored with the letter and I looked at her work and she was doing still life. And I thought, well, the Harper Gallery doesn't do still life. And I said, she's such a lovely lady. Mm. Oh, let's give it a go. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made, you know, yes, moving slightly into a, something that was a bit of still life, which we didn't normally do before. Um, so it just goes to show that the way you approach somebody can have catastrophic implications, both positive and negative. Yeah. Um, and so my social media feeds are really focused not on neither trying to attract artists nor really attract customers. They're really a place for me to just go, oh, my God, have you <laughs> seen this? It is awesome. Yes. That's really what it's about. And either customers will go, Jesus, it is awesome. It is awesome. You're dead right. And I got to buy it, you know? Mm. Um, and yes. And I get a huge amount of artists who come to me and say, I just love the way you gush about your artists. Would you gush about me? You know? Well, yeah. Cause that enthusiasm is affected is very effective. And I think people can smell it when it's false. Mm. And I think also in lots of spheres, but, but but particularly with art, the sort of classic, if you like, stereotypical sales yeah. pitch doesn't really work, does it? No, it never does. I mean, you still get car salesmen and, um, you know, uh, state agents, the ar ar archetypical sort of yeah. sales people, if you like, who will always go, oh, you know, you better move quick because, you know, and I use a similar technique, but it's genuine. It's yes. like, really, if you like this, you better move fast. Because the last time I put something up, it sold in five minutes. Mm. So this is a heads up. But it's not to try and get you to do it. It is literally because of that. And I sometimes say, I know I sound like a second-hand car salesman, but if you like this, get on it. You know. Um, and I think there is, as you say, a difference. You smell a difference between somebody who's generally trying to give you some decent advice yeah, and somebody who is just anything to sell whatever crap you've got in the parking lot at that time, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, I think art has to have a fundamentally different approach because you're not selling something to someone they actually need, are you? It, it's it's not like buying a car which you kind of have to have so you're yeah. going for a you're scratching a different itch aren't you it's a sort of um yeah it's definitely true although 
I do agree with you to some extent that it's not something you need. But on the other side of things, you know, I see some buyers and there are some buyers who have an incredible itch for art. Yes. You know, well, it almost I mean, is a need. You know, you can feel that, this. That's you know, true, actually, yes. So, so for some people, it can be quite addictive. And, you know, I do worry for some. I had one customer who would come and buy, like, five paintings from me. Mm. Um, and for 18 months, they were still sitting in my gallery. And then she'd come on and buy some more. And I thought, I've really got to try and speak with somebody in her family because I wonder if she's, you know, not yes. really all there because she's just buying this work and and maybe she's got some mental issues and I'm taking money off her knowing that there's something slightly yeah. yeah. But her husband's been in contact. Her son, we've delivered paintings to because I asked if we can get them offloaded and she lived in a different country. And so there was a sort of a duty of care there, but it, but she just adored painting so much. She would buy them. And then, you know, two years later, open the package and go, wow, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just, um, it was just the way she did things. But, um, but yeah, it's, you know, no, you're right. People don't need a painting, but I think art is necessary in the world for sure. Well, yes, that's definitely true. And I think, I mean, I've, got i've got and loads of paintings and um pottery and sculptures and things and and it is one of those things i often have to work quite hard to resist buying going no you yes. can't can't actually afford this this month so wait and maybe buy something further in the future but yet yeah, it's it sort of it because it, it, to a certain extent or to quite a large extent just having these objects and these artworks in your home or anywhere else does sort of scratch that creative itch as well, doesn't it? And it provides you with that inspiration. Yeah, I think so. And that's partly why I sort of launched Art Rehome, really, because people would come into my gallery and say, I bought this painting five years ago and I've sort of I've fallen out of love with it or it's not quite my taste now because our tastes change as we get older um you know we do sometimes not like what we bought earlier or bought it in a fit of peak and then actually found that we didn't like it so much but there was no platform for them to sell it on apart from ebay and very few people go to ebay for fine art so that's why i created it i got some people together and and you know we got some investors and got the idea up and running we bought launched the website and everything got a big page article in the telegraph about it whole page um which was amazing but it was as i say it was just too soon but you know you can have these things where you buy a piece of art and you fall in love with it art never came on my radar before i had a gallery in 2012 i cannot tell you i don't think i think i've only bought one painting before in my life mm. or that now as you say i've got the itch i see something and i go oh my god i've got to have that painting and then i just say you can't keep taking this, <laughs> you know, you've got to stop. And one of the biggest turnarounds for me was moving here to where I am now, which is in Madeira. Yeah. Um, and um, when I left England, I, I couldn't bring everything here. We, yeah. we had to downsize and, you know, you can't ship the entire thing to Madeira. So we had to, I had to sell all of my paintings. Mm. Um, 
apart from I think two or three which we bought with us. So um, that was quite a sort of a a brave thing to do. Um, to but it was but it was starting again for me. So it was it was a, a different reason really. Yeah. But, yeah. Art art can be really addictive. It can be one of these things that you just love doing and saving up for. And we have customers all the time that save up, save up, save up, and they fire into the harbor gallery with this pocket full of cash and go, you know, what are we going to yeah, spend? Become looking for buy. Yeah. And yeah. That there's um I mean, I think it doesn't really matter the media but a gallery or somewhere else, but forging those kinds of connections with people where um it's I, I think I have the same kind of relationship with bookshops, actually, my local bookshop. You just sort of, it, you you feel a sort of sense of community and just going there and buying something and like you're part of something. Yeah, and, and it, also if you connect with them and you get on with them, is that it's like I have with my customers. When you come in, they'll say, I've got a new book for you, which I think you'll really like. Yes. You know, because they know you. They know what yeah. you've bought before. They know your tastes, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's this exciting news. If they're a good bookshop, they should come in. They should know their customers like I do. And I should say, you know, or I sometimes write an email to them and say, I know this might not be the right time and you might have this own so-so, but just come across this new one. And I know you missed out on this before. Mm. Maybe this is of interest to you, you know. Yeah. And I think that's good business practice to have a smell for what people like and what, what they what they've got and remember that mm. most of all people like to be remembered of course you do you walk into your bookshop and somebody goes hey have you seen yes. this? you know I, I remember you bought this last time and there's nothing greater feeling than that when somebody yeah. remembers what you did and who you did and everything so it's flattering for them to have that but also it's really useful for them to be pointed in a direction like when i get a new artist and say I know you bought from Ben before, and I wonder if this is really interesting. I'd be interested to know your thoughts, you know, because yeah. it has similar elements. So these are, these are things that I quite enjoy because I, I like to get a feel for, you know, when I make an investment, and it is an investment because it's time and money, and, you know, when I have something on the wall, I can't have anything else on that piece of wall. Yeah. So I've worked out that actually to have a space on my gallery wall probably cost me the best part of 1500 pounds a year oh right yeah because you know physically i've yeah. got to make that pay you know to yeah. make the gallery run and that you know that that it's a massive investment for me then to take on an artist with maybe four to six paintings yeah to, yeah, yeah you know to have that space on the wall taken and so i don't do it lightly and i will commit to an artist for at least a year uh even if they don't sell Mm. to give them a chance um but introducing them and I, I, it never ceases to amaze me also how you can introduce an artist to someone you get nothing yes no sniffs no whiffs nothing for about two or three months and then all of a sudden they say hold on a minute and they sort of get it and then they go actually and suddenly they start to sell yes and it's just like um it's just this thing about they do say in marketing three times is is the sweet point. You tell them about something, they go, hmm, interesting. You tell them about it again, and they go, actually, that's quite nice. You tell them about it again, and they go, actually, that's really nice. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just takes a few pushes to get them to, to sort of look at things, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to sort of adjust to the style, whether you like it, whether it fits with what else you've got. Um, you know, and then there's the other thing. You probably have your old, if you're as a customer, you've got probably got your favorite artists. And if you're yeah. sort of thinking of saving up for them, you, you have to rewire your brain a bit for a bit while before you yeah. consider somebody else. Absolutely, absolutely. So it, it never ceases to amaze me. And I find it, I find it interesting and I find it fun to see you know to 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 mold a customer into a certain direction if it's possible or at least get them to open their eyes and i think they quite appreciate that too they appreciate mm. the fact that i don't take on new artists that often but when i do i've done it for a reason yeah and the, allow them the chance to sort of see what i see in them you know do you ever try and mold your artists in a similar way to no, sort of, never no. i would never ever one artist actually accused me of this and it was a terrible falling out we had. Um, uh, well, actually him towards me because he knows was out of joint because he felt that I'd been telling all my artists to paint like him, mm. which is the most preposterous idea because of exactly what I've just told you. Having yeah. two people who are the same, what's the point in that? Yeah. Um, they were painting the same subject matter, but as I just said earlier on, the same subject yeah. matter from a different artist is could be a different, completely different world. Yeah. Um I I now I've forgotten the question you asked. So it's, do you mold your artists in the same mold your artists, yeah. So I would never try to tell an artist how to do their job. Mm. I would expect an artist to absolutely have their style and absolutely have a freedom of style. Mm. And, and I've run with artists that have changed their style from what I fell in love with, and then they've gone in a different direction. And I've thought, okay, let's let's go with it. Let's ride with it. Let's see how we get on. I'm not sure I'll get it yet, but just like my customers, yeah. you know, I um, I I sort of have to get it. I have to sort of work into it to get there. And I found that, you know, I've, it's been, you know, fantastic. It's been the, the you yeah. suddenly get it and there's this little twing that goes on. And there's other artists that I've had that have gone in a slightly different direction and it's not worked. Mm. The sales have started to drop. And, you know, at some point you just have to say, it's it's just not working for us anymore. I completely applaud you for doing what you're doing. Um I totally embrace the fact you do, but I am also running a business. Yes. And if that business is not paying the way. I can't con continue to support it if it just isn't working. So yeah. it's really disappointing when I have to do that. And that's the hardest part of my job is to let an artist go. Yeah. I mean, that must be a very difficult conversation to have. Horrible, horrible conversation every single time. And I hate it. But, um, you know, I also have to be pragmatic and know that I've got, bills to pay and staff to pay and you know uh, a business to run and you have to at some point say this is costing me more than i'm yeah. getting from it and uh, it's a it's a really really horrible conversation to have but but you have to have it and you have to be strong enough to do that so go back to your point i would never ask an artist to do anything i would always embrace their changes any changes mm. they want to make and i'd ride with them to a point yeah and as long as that you know was moving forward 
um, I will always try to adapt with them because because you never quite know where it's going to go. It might not be where you think it's going to go now. That's true. And then all of a sudden, boom, they come out of this black hole into this new world. Yeah. Um, we, we had an uh, one our most probably our arguably most popular artist, Ben Taffinder. He started off by painting with a brush and very, quite impasto, quite thick work um, with a brush. And he suddenly went over to using palette knife. And initially it was like, whoa, what is this? You know, it's completely different feel, completely different things, really thick texture, heavy paint. Mm. And initially it was like, and I think he was just working through something. He just said, I've got to go there, a feel drawn to it. And I said, let's go, you know, go with it, run with it. Let's see how we get on. Um, and then suddenly he broke through and boom, did they start flying out the door? I yeah. it wasn't just me who got it. Everybody suddenly went, he's found his feet, you know, and bang. And we were sometimes selling four or five paintings of his a day at one point, you know, it was incredible. Yes. I mean, that, that, that that's an incredible thing to witness, isn't it? When um, somebody sort of really begins to gel, not only just in their own practice, but sort of in the public imagination as well. Totally. Yeah. I think one for me as a gallerist, one of the most exciting things I do is I'll have, you know, somebody like Peter Wildman, Jenny Aiken, all of these sort of big name painters, Laurie uh, Putnam, we've just taken on a huge American artist. Um, uh, I will have these sit, sitting next to somebody who is a complete outsider who never come before. Mm. Um, uh, we had an artist that I had, Saw an artist's work recently, uh, Anne Byrne is her name. Yeah. And I took her on. She wasn't in any other galleries at the time. And I talked her through it and she was saying nervous that she was sort of semi-professional and then, yeah. you know, how it was all going to go. And I said, let's just run with it. Let's just see how it goes. And watching, and she's doing brilliantly well, absolutely mm -hmm. amazingly well. She's also been in the the, the artist's landscape artist of the year thing yep. this year and everything so she's everybody else got it at the same time luckily i was before them mm. uh, slightly but one of the most exciting things for me is to take on an artist who's a complete unknown and within four or five years yeah watching them pay off their mortgage with their yeah. success you know and you just go that is i that i've been a help and a part in getting them out there and giving mm. them confidence because i think that's one of the biggest gifts i think i can give as a gallerist is to say when you take on somebody who's unknown you're not only giving them a space in your gallery you're also giving them the confidence to say you are worth it yes and i think must be i know i would be if i got a record deal when i was back in the music business that would make me feel incredible to think that i got a deal you know yeah even if i hadn't sold one record yet the confidence it would give me. And so I understand that when I give a young artist, and I feel a responsibility to a certain extent to also say, I don't care if you're completely unknown. If you rock my boat, I'll take yes. a risk on you, you know? Yeah. And, and um, it's lovely when that pays off and you see them go ballistic, not because of me, mm. but maybe in part because of me, of what yes. the investment I've made. So that is a really nice thing to see. You've helped given the, give them their platforms of success give them their first platform or maybe one of their first platforms and to yeah. help them give them confidence to fly and to support them and pay them well and 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 to 
and to to you know always be there to give them advice to say you know do this i wouldn't do that don't try and do this you know um and just be there as an advisor because i think that's also a part of a gallery's job is to not to tell artists what to do but advise them when they feel they're going to do this that and the other and whether that's a good idea or not a good idea and just give them the pros and cons of it yeah ultimately it's their decision but yeah yeah, yeah. but to to support them by giving them you know the advice that you've managed to pick up over time Mm. so now you're in madeira how often do you get into the sort of physical gallery then oh god not often enough i'm i'm i well i've been here a year now um and i haven't been back to the gallery once yet um but i am going in october to take everybody out for supper because they've done such an amazing job yeah Um, it's they don't need me uh they are amazing my staff are just phenomenal gallery manager joanna who is just she's sort of whatever i've thought of before i thought of it so yes she's so on it um and the rest of the staff are fantastic they all have their different qualities and they're all brilliant um so they don't need me there i would just get in the way and be a pest so i just sit back here and i am there if they need me for any advice and any help if they get any issues with a customer we just had one in the last 24 hours a painting not turn up and they customer flew off the handle so i'm there to sort of cool things down a little bit and try yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know take the weight out of everything um but otherwise they do a fantastic job and i just do the social media side of things and just sort of the overview you know make sure choose some new artists look at what we could possibly do in the future with marketing and this that, and the other yeah and it's, it's it's the lovely position to be in that i'm not doing the day-to-day stuff so it gives me more room to to look at other ideas for marketing and other uh, artists that may be out there or new ideas to be able yeah. to sort of get the gallery up and running. So it's, it's That's a right. position. And do your staff ever come to you with suggestions of artists to take on? They'll mention it sometimes. Yeah, they'll come to me and say, somebody popped in today, what do you think of this, that, and the other? Um, uh, but they know very much that if, you know, if I don't think it's right, I don't think it's right. And I, yeah. I it's not because of the arrogance. It's not because of, I think my idea is better than theirs. It's just that the gallery has been built on that. Yeah. Your and, enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, more than the enthusiasm, but also the, the, you know, my taste in art mm. and the customer base we have is based on my taste in art. Cause all the people who come to us back to a time and time again, are people who like what I like. Yes. So if we started to do take on other artists of different tastes, it would confuse, I think. And so one has to be true to their roots. Um, mm. But I'm always open to, to, you know, of course, always open to hear from new artists, always open to, uh, to, um, uh, to see new work. It's my lifeblood, of course. You know, you yeah. never know who's the next one, that, you know, the next Jenny Aitken or the next Amber or Ben Taffenden or Claire Henley is going to walk through the door. So, yeah, know, yeah. That's what I love about social media is that I'll be windling around and I'll go, oh my Lord, look at that. You know, it'll just, mm. and then you can approach them and say, you know, and the good thing for me now is I can approach them if they're an American artist. If they're a British artist, a European artist, or if they're a Cornish artist, mm. uh, because I have the platform for all of these things now, so it doesn't have to stop now at just being Cornish, which is the advantage yeah. of having the platform. So. Well, that all sounds very exciting. 
Yeah, very exciting. Mm. And I'm I am I feel privileged every day I wake up. It really is, you know, working with artists. I know because I was there and I was one, and in fact, I am still one um, in a lot of ways, um, is the biggest privilege of all because yeah. you guys make the world rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Mark, thank you very much for speaking to you. It's been a real pleasure. Great to speak to you too. You take care. So that was Mark Hatwood, and thank you very much to him for joining me on episode 15 of The Things That Drive Us. I put in the description of this podcast links to websites of the various things we've discussed so i put in a link to the harbour gallery and i put in a link to um, british contemporary art and american contemporary art websites that mark has founded and that we discussed so have a look they are very interesting um i hope you enjoyed it and i look forward to seeing you all again on the next episode of the things that drive us